Welcome to So You're Kinda a Big Deal, a weekly podcast deep diving into the lives of emerging and established tattoo artists. Listen in as we dig into origin stories, industry hot topics, and what it takes to survive in the world of tattooing. This is Tattoo Shop Talk. Join your hosts, Sean Headley and Dave Allen, every week as we host a new guest. The Hold Fast Social Club keeps expanding and adding features to make the life of tattooers easier. We just launched a classified section for pros only. Sell your tattoo gear, prints, whatever in one spot. This is on top of a platform with peer-to-peer vouching, direct connect, a wait list, and geo-searching. Now you can find guest spots or forever homes at studios everywhere. No guessing, no awkward conversations. See what shops or artists have to offer. Mark them as favorites or add yourself to their wait list to let them know you are interested. Old Fast Social Club keeps adding features to make connecting easy. Pros only, a place where the best of us can elevate each other. It's no secret Dave and I have a good guy connection, but we have a great relationship with many respected suppliers. Working with Lucas Ford at Classic Tattoo, I saw firsthand the blood, sweat, and stress he went through building Good Guy. Creating products for your peers is no easy task. With many to critique any small missteps, including myself, tattooer owned and family operated since day one. With Lucas, Rob, and Natalie at the helm, you know exactly what you are getting. High quality products, fair prices, and excellent customer service. Shop, support, Good Guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god where's my coffee here it is oh there we go uh i'm sean i'm That's dave, dave. <laughs> and I'm you sharky. are hey sharky nice to meet you dude it's Perfect. very nice to meet you guys too i'm yeah. really i'm actually really excited for this um i had just randomly you're i was just the explorer page i'm not on social media a lot i get kicked off all the time but i was going through the explorer page one day with my shop page and i just saw your work and i didn't look at the profile i was just like oh that's bold and badass started following and just i'd see your work more and more and more i had no idea who you were male female nothing until you started posting the history stuff and then that's when i was curious as to like who is this person? And that's when I actually went into your profile and started looking stuff. And I was just like, I need to know more. So that's thank so you so much awesome. for doing this. What yeah. Like on our, you. yeah. Like our first episode uh, that we did, we had no idea we were going to make it to this many episodes, but in the first <laughs> episode, when we were talking about kind of people we want to have on here and stuff like that, I actually say you, I, oh, I didn't remember. And it's funny though, cause I didn't remember your name or anything. And I was just like, <laughs> Okay, I'll find her on Instagram. She just and I was explaining some stuff. So I, I'm very excited that we made it this far and we managed to get you on here. Absolutely. So, thank you for joining us on. So you're kind of a big deal. Uh, we'll just start with the very generic kind of stuff: who you are and how you got your start. Yeah, for sure. Uh, that's crazy to hear my name in a sentence says you're kind of a big deal. That's very, I think that that's <laughs> cool that you guys do that. Uh, but my name is Sharky. Uh, that's a tattooer pen name. That's not my real name. People always think that's my real name. It's not my real name. Uh, and I've been tattooing for 13 years. It'll be 14 years in February of next year. Sweet. Um, Congratulations. Thank you. And I just consider myself like the luckiest girl in tattooing. You know, I got broken in the right way 
by accident, you know, by being the person that would just hang around the shop. I just happened to be hanging around the right shops at the right time and just had the gift given to me that way. I wasn't looking for it, that's for sure. But tattooing has a way of finding people like the tattoo gods kind of know who's going to be the vessel when it's like oh you like your life's already pretty fucked up you can handle it and then that's it (laughs) it's so true yeah Yeah. and it's actually at least that's interesting what you said sean how you didn't know that what i was or who i was and it was kind of nameless and faceless that's all very intentional so it's good to know that even after all these years that still works nice good yeah i want to keep a little bit of mystery right Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So what was this, where was the shop that you got your start in? And what was the circumstances surrounding you being like someone who's just hanging out in the shop? Booze, as usual. Uh, (laughs) I was a seasoned bartender. So I used to bartend in Manhattan uh, at like in Times Square and in Wall Street. And during that recession back in, I guess that was now... 2009-ish, nine or eight-er, I got fired from my bartending job and I was like super depressed one day and I was kind of like tying them on real tight and my boyfriend was like, man, we need to just go down to the tattoo shop and hang out and uh, we went down to True Blue in Queens, which was owned, maybe still is owned by Vinny Signorelli. Uh, he, you know, he was the drummer from Unsane, so it was like the place yeah. to fucking be. Uh, we yeah. went out there, no, exactly. and I was just shooting the shit with Vinny and kind of telling him I got fired, and just kind of. And he's like, you know what? You'd be really good at the front desk. Like, do you want a job? He's like, you've got the tattoos, you've got the attitude, you got the face. I'll just show you everything once you get here. So I got hired at True Blue on the spot. Nice, um, and. It just happened to be like kind of an all-star tattoo cast that was working there, but I didn't really realize it at the time. But Michelle Tarantelli worked there and Hillary Fisher White worked there and, and, you know, people from Three Kings would come through there and, you know, these guys are all connected. So I just always thought that's what tattooing was. I was like, oh yeah, it's just <laughs> like professional people who were like, I had not yet understood the realm of unprofessional tattooing or a scratcher or anything like that. So I just, I got lucky because I had always seen it being done well. Um, And of course that leads to you saying like, well, maybe I could do it. I'm not sure. I wasn't looking to do it professionally, but I had a moment where I was having just kind of a bad day on the floor in general. I just felt like everyone was yelling at me and I wasn't setting up the tables fast enough. Michelle Tarantelli, like in passing said, oh, I was where you were once. Like, don't worry about it. It gets better. And I was like, get fucked. Like, you what? And I was like, cool. I guess I'm going to go figure out where you guys got all those machines from because, you know, I used to do orders. Um, So I was like, I'm going to go down to Unimax and I'm going to go like sneak in there. And I don't know if you guys, have you guys ever been down to Unimax in Canal Street? No. It's like invisible it's like you can't even find it and when you go down to canal street it's like every nationality is represented on this one street and they're all selling shit in the street that you you know it's just like a it's nightmare right and somewhere in the (laughs) middle of that is a supply company i remember i was like walking down there and i was calling the piercer on the phone and i was trying to be incognito i was like what color is the door to Unimax? I was just wondering. I was just like, you know, 
And it's like in between, like, you know, across the street from a Burger King and beside like a jewelry store and you go up these sketchy stairs and it's like super fucking sketchy. But that's where you would have to buy tattoo supplies then unless you were ordering them online, which I was not going to do. Because uh, you couldn't because at that time you had to have like an email and tell the shop you were working at and shit. Uh, yeah. And I bought, yeah. you know, a nice setup from Wes over there, who I didn't realize who he was at the time. But like, I was able to talk to him and hang out with him. And I started tattooing, just immediately scratching out of the house, just right away. And, <laughs> so you I didn't mean, tell you didn't tell does. anybody in the shop what you're doing. You're just totally oh, no, absolutely <laughs> fucking not like tattooing toes and all these like hidden spots, <laughs> the tight neighborhoods. So you can't just be like, you know, I like live 16 blocks from the shop I work at. So it was like real incognito. Uh, but I did a tattoo on my boyfriend. And uh, a friend of his saw the tattoo who knew John Farrig, who worked at Inner City Tattoo. Uh, and they are, that's the sister shop to Ron and Dave's out on the island. And they were like, who did that tattoo? You should tell her to come in and get a job. Like she could, she would run the street shop. She would do great there. And I did. I went, <laughs> I did the interview. Rad. I mean, the shittiest portfolio. I mean, these were the worst tattoos, but... <laughs> take it on a digital camera and you stick the digital camera in the computer and you download it onto the file and take it to the Walgreens and print out your <laughs> book. And I brought my sheet book and they were like, yeah, no problem. Like show up tomorrow and it's fine. And that was the beginning of everything. Like that's, that's amazing. how I'd ended up happening. And how long were you there for? Before we started fighting a year. <laughs> <laughs> I was at for one calendar year before John and I were at each other's throats. Um, and actually, we're like best of friends now. But back then, it was tough. Inner City Tattoo was Some people just can't work together. Dude, and we were children, honestly. Like, we just, there's so much, yeah. you know, shop politics. But it was real wild. And Elizabeth was a real tough city to work in. And, uh, yeah, it just got real crazy real fast. Uh, this inner city was a walk-up shop like it was a second floor walk-up with like no visible windows so you couldn't see what was going on inside and that's cool when there's like a bunch of dudes Damn. in there with but when i was in there by myself you always had to have a, a knife or a bat or something like tucked under the seat because <laughs> no motherfuckers judge. they would come in with their shit and be like are you gonna like take that out your pocket and put it to the side so i don't feel like you're going to shoot me the whole time like just make me imagine you're not gonna rob me it was rough so, yeah, that lasted for a yeah. year before I started going on the road and tattooing. You must have some wild stories from an environment like that. I've tattooed in Sean, too, and some Toronto inner city stuff, but I imagine it doesn't compare to New York. No. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> no. <laughs> I always think, you know, Canada, no. they're like, hey, buddy, put your hands up. You know, like it's almost a little more friendly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't recall them being that nice, but. <laughs> No, no, no. I've ever, you know, even in, well, like earlier days, there was, you know, bad. I was tattooed in an area in Toronto where it was government housing and stuff. And yeah, I'd have guys coming in and you'd see the bulges in their sweatpants yeah. and stuff. And, but even in as late as the, as the late nineties, I had clients in, in Vancouver in like the more affluent area that we tattooed in guys coming in and being like, ah, oh, can I just put this under your counter and take it off like underarm holsters and stuff? Cause yeah. the gangs were just so big on the yeah. West coast, you know, and stuff like that. But yeah, I never felt like they were going to shoot me, but I used to worry about, 
I used to worry about shot. Uh, them getting shot in our yeah. shop because some we had a lot of crossover people, right? It's just like, oh, yeah. fuck, you know, it's just like, oh, you know, I tattooed this guy and three days later, it's like, oh, did you hear about your client so-and-so? I'm not going to say his name, but I'm like, no, they're like, oh, yeah, he got shot in the face at a wedding. I'm like, You're like oh, how very... Yeah. Face of cool. <laughs> Maybe we should start uh, thinking about uh, not tattooing some people. Yeah. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> yeah. I hear that. Oh, fuck. So you started traveling. What uh, What did you do? What did that entail? Um. So I started after the inner city thing didn't work out. I kind of like hopped around from shop to shop for a little under two years. But during that time, I was doing a lot of conventions. So I started meeting people and I was like super enthusiastic. Like it didn't really matter who the person was. Like when I met Gilmani, I was like, Hey, you know, I heard, you know, the whole thing is being run by hell's angels. He's got on all his reds. And I was just like, can I sit behind your booth and watch you tattoo right now? Like, I really admire you. Uh, it didn't matter. Who it was. I was right in their fucking face. And through doing that, people just kept saying, they're like, you know, if you're ever on my side in my state, like come through, you can, you can guess, you seem extremely enthusiastic about this. Like, and I would be honest with people. I was like, I'm trying to tattoo in a traditional vein and I have like the credentials for it, but I'm not in a space like the shops I was tattooing at were just gap filler shops. You know, I wasn't yeah. getting that education that I needed to pull off not only the tattoos properly, but I felt like ethically I wasn't tattooing right either. Like there's a tat traditional tattooing is not just the actual picture. It's the way of life. And I wasn't quite right. So I had kind of gathered up one day. I came with this idea. I was like, what if I went to all of those guest spots all at the same time? Like I just left. And so <laughs> nice. I did, I had like a thousand dollars and I bought a plane ticket to Seattle uh, by way of Sarah Purr and Josh Wright, because they were working, well, Sarah was working at Vivian Lazanga shop. Um, and I was like, I'll just start there and work my way down the coast and back over again. And, you know, worst thing comes to worst, like I'll just do something and go to jail. Like if that happens, I'll have fun. <laughs> that was like the last plan. And I never had to do that. But it was incredible. Like that was really the beginning of the true traditional education and where you kind of get sucked into the oral tradition by being around it. These old timers are constantly telling yeah. you stories or they're telling you how to fix your machines or whatever the thing is. And then you become the vessel for that. And then you do that for over a decade. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you talk to someone and they're like that. I didn't know those things. I didn't. And I was like, Oh, I should probably start writing books and doing these little on. I did like a little online I don't even know what you call it, showcase for lady ladies of tattooing worldwide where I was trying to delve into the history of female tattooing from the beginning of time till now. Uh, it's very <laughs> difficult, but I'm trying to work no it out. Doubt. Yeah, that's how it started, you know, going on the road. And I was just traveling by train. I take the plane across country and then work at the shops, make enough money for the ticket to the next place, buy a ticket the next day. And just keep working down and calling people out on those guest spots that they said that I could have. <laughs> nice. How long were you at uh, Vivian's? Uh, I think that first time I was probably guest in there, maybe like a week and a half. 
feels like that's a bit. Okay. I mean, I was probably in Seattle longer, but I don't think I worked at the shop for more than two weeks before I had to move yeah. down to Bellingham was, I think, the next stop. Because I worked at uh, Old Gold with Chu Garcia, which is now Faithful Tattoo. Oh, cool. Yeah. Nice. Oh, oh man. interesting thing. Right like the Canada crossover, because I was looking at this stuff and I was like, I know a Canadian tattooer. I know King Lynn. That guy. Ah, was, yes. Yeah. That and fat I know fuck. Guys, like, he's super <laughs> rad. Like he, we used to hang out at the Boston tattoo convention. I got tattooed by him twice. Like he was cool. like party dude. Like we would hang out till six, seven o'clock in the morning with a bunch of tattooers and just tattoo. Yeah. And he's very rad. He had a very uh, strong influence on me when I yeah. was getting into tattooing. Oh, right on. Yeah. Yeah. That's he's awesome. come and guest spot at my shop and stuff. I've actually known him since before he was tattooing, actually. I I met him oh, in 1993 or four. Yeah. That's amazing. Like a long time ago. Yeah. Such yeah. yeah. So, love that guy. Yeah. yeah cool. Absolutely. Cool. So, how long were you on the road for? Um, Probably three months. Um, and I do okay. that pretty regularly now still um i'm in a relationship like a serious relationship now where there's like children involved so i try not to leave them <laughs> for those longs of sense of time um but i try to regularly go and do my guest spots for about two to three months at a time because there's also like a crossover in my personal life where i like to be on the road so i have a conversion van and i like to travel by train and i like to camp oh. so i'm able tattooing is manages to make those lifestyles like uh, viable because when you're out there you can yeah. go run do the shop for two weeks kind of re-up on your cash and then continue forward but yeah you're speaking yeah. dave's language sensitive. yeah what kind of van you got months. tell me about your van what are you driving Okay. Her name is Morticia. Uh, I love her very much. Uh, she's a 95 G20. Uh, and she has been to every coast already. I got her in Sweet. four years ago. And I've already gotten her to every coast. So now the next kind of trip, Amazing. I'm hoping that I can do like one all the way around instead of just starting back and forth in these directions. So I just got to work that yeah, out. Yeah. Like I keep wanting to just throw these kids in the van and do this. <laughs> uh, totally. They're so, Get them on the road, right? They're not ready for it. They're so not ready. They've never met uh, anybody like me. So it's like, <laughs> I'm still easing them. <laughs> <into it. laughs> yeah. Uh, I was yeah, in your Dave neck of the woods the last January. Oh, we yeah. have a, me and my partner have a van and we were just, we were supposed to be in California. We ended up in Texas and, uh, Seventeen thousand k in like eight states in a month. It was awesome. Yeah, it's yeah. so freeing because you don't ever have to worry about where you're going to sleep. So you just put in as many miles in the day as you can, yeah. and then just pull over. Yeah, and if you just if shit's not right, you just fucking move somewhere else. Like, yeah, the weather's not it's not warm enough. So let's fucking go to South Texas because it's fucking thirty degrees. Like, you got to follow the sun. <laughs> That's the rule. It's great. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What was that? Do you tattoo out of the van ever? Not yet, but I'm working on it. 
I'm, nice. I'm working on it in like a significant way. Like I'm really planning something big for next year with a friend of mine that involves like the bands. Uh, because Ronnie DeLacqua, he used to, well, he hasn't done it in a long time, but he used to take this van out upstate in Pennsylvania. It was like this big, it was more than a van. It was like a trailer and he set it up like Carney style and would tattoo out of it at a fairground like every year since the fucking 80s. Uh, <laughs> and I've always been obsessed with that. I was like, so I'm trying to recreate that vibe for real. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. So uh, traveling around for three months, what made you stop? What shop made you kind of want to stop for a bit? Uh, Pete and Kubo's actually in Queens was the shop that made me come back home. Um, I had actually gotten like a Facebook message from Rich Fi. Rich Fi is the owner of R&D in Queens. He's the R of the D. Uh, and right. <laughs> like, hey, kiddo, like if you are serious about this and you want to be in a traditional environment, you need to go and try and get a job over there with PG Aquinto and uh, John Kulmanani. Both of them have passed on now. Um, yeah, Kubo actually just died like a couple of months ago. Um, he's like, but that's that's really where it's at. That's the oldest tattoo shop in Queens, period. Um, they're looking for somebody. How soon can you get back? And I was like, yo, two weeks. I'm back there. And I went up there and I was fucking scared because I heard, and none of the stories were true, but I heard crazy stories about that shop. It was like, don't ever go to Pete and Kubo's tattoo. Like, you'll die. They'll You'll come inside and they'll make you smoke meth before your tattoo. It was like, <gasps> it's not like that at all. It was super fucking chill. They're just a bunch of old dudes, but uh, it was rad. I went up there and, you know, they really were concerned about me as a person more than the portfolio. You know, having Rich send me over was kind of enough, but they just wanted to know if I could handle what it was there because it is a boys club shop for sure. You know what I mean? So it's rough and tumble, yeah. but I mean, working around Pete Giaquinto and Ronnie, I mean, it was another one of those shops where everybody just comes through. Um, you know, it was just Sunday nights. They'd all want to go and hang out and have, you know, Sunday dinner. Because also they were, um, most of the men there were Italian. So that's just like embedded in their culture. They all want to have like family dinners. So, you know, I'm sitting at a table with, you know, like Richie Montgomery and Tony Polito. And I'm like, Ugh. Like, just with my mouth fully <laughs> stitched closed and my ears as wide open as possible. Um, yeah, it was, Amazing. It, again, changed the trajectory of my career, kind of being broken in in that environment, because as much history and lineage and conversation is going on, you're also tattooing your ass off. Like, when you roll up to the shop in the morning, people are already waiting at the front door. And you know what I mean? It's like baby name, baby yeah. name, paw print, paw print, paw print, something crazy <laughs> on the butthole, like all day long. <laughs> it was rad. I would never trade those days in for anything. Those men really gave a lot of their time and energy to a kid like me. And I, you know, I feel like I could never really repay them. Cool. How long yeah. were you there for? I was there for two years, two and a half. And then when I was out on the road, Pete died. So maybe it was three then, because I was on the road, Pete passed away. 
And when I came back, I put in my year's notice because I wanted to go. Like if Pete wasn't there, I just didn't want to be there. It just didn't feel the same anymore. And it was becoming more of a young tattooer shop, which as a business model is probably what you should do right now. Um, But for me, I wasn't done. I wasn't done. Um, So I knew I needed to move on. I just knew. So I went back out on the road again and accidentally ended up in Texas as one does. Dave understands this. You just have a plan to be somewhere else. Yeah. You end up in Texas. Um, Yeah. I was actually like down on my luck. A bunch of guest spots hadn't worked out. I was running out of cash. I was in San Diego, I think. And I was like in this shitty hotel and they had this like, like cabana bar next door where these old people were hanging out, you know? And I was like spending my last money, just kind of drinking with these old people. And they were like, you just got to follow your heart, kid. You know, you just got to figure it out. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't know what that means like at all right now. Uh, and I, like, I don't. And I went through my phone uh, and I was like, I'm going to call Gil. I was like, I'm going to call Gil Monty and see what he's doing. Doesn't pick up the phone. Uh, so then I called Kathy Monty because I was like, she'll pick up the phone. And she was just like, yeah, don't. If you're trying to go to Texas on Gil, like, don't do that. Try to find another way to do it right now. Uh, so I had a buddy. His name was Dick. He works in Berlin now. And I knew that he worked somewhere in Texas. And I was like, where is that shop you work at in Texas? And he was like, oh, you know, it's Classic Tattoo in San Marcos. But, like, you know, you got to talk to the lady, talk to Morgan, see what's up. I just called this lady up out of nowhere. And I was like, hey, <laughs> uh, I'm a tattooer. I'm on the road. I'm not quite sure where to go right now, but I need a place to work. You know, can I come work at your shop? And she was like, sure. And took the last of the money, bought the plane ticket the next day, flew out. She picked me up at the airport. She dropped me off at the motel, which I like barely had any cash to pay for. And she was like, so when do you want to start working? I was like, tomorrow. Like, absolutely not. (laughs) Like, I literally don't have another day's worth of cash to survive. Um, And again, It was another classic tattoo shop at the time. Andrea Elson was working there. You know, Morgan Morgan Egan was working there. Uh, I mean, it was like a heavy hitter shop. It was probably, it was like the heaviest shop I had worked at as far as now having to mold the world. It's like, okay, you've got all like the real world uh, education as far as tattooing is concerned, but like, can you actually fucking tattoo? Like, this is one of those shops where you can't hide behind anything. And I walked in there and I felt really raw and I felt really exposed. And I was like, this is where I need to fucking be for sure. So I moved, I sold all my belongings and moved out to Texas and worked at Classic Tattoo for seven years, uh, right up until recently where I opened up my private studio. And had things not gone super south there, and they didn't go south south because we're all still friends and we hang out like, regularly but covid and the recession and all the there's a lot of things i could talk forever about it but it has changed the way the shop environment works like something about it it's changed people it's changed people yes and you're seeing different versions of people because our priorities as people beyond tattooers is changing so this like communal thing that we once did it's it's just working less and less. And it's, 
I don't know what's happening. I could probably talk for six episodes about that kind oh, of stuff. But yeah. <laughs> you're I feeling a... it too. We're all feeling it. Oh yeah. We've de dealt with it here in my studio. I had issues. And I think what I saw in my community anyway, was a lot of people that were barely holding on COVID just, mm -hmm. they just couldn't cope anymore. So whatever behavior came out of that and whatever, whatever changes they had to make, that was the, the impetus for it. It just happened like, like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, have, we have some, we have some mutual friends that uh, they changed and they're not coming back from it. Like, yes. it's no. just, like they, you know, see ya. <laughs> yeah. Politically all the, all the different weird things where it became like this inner battle. They just were like, this is my line and this is mm -hmm. going to be it forever. I was just like, yeah. Okay. Cool. Sucks to you be need you. to isolate yeah. yourself, you know. Some people just got really scared, I think, and then that fear, I think, really just settled into some people. And yeah, yeah, you know, it, just, it. it is what it is. And yeah, ex like, existential crisis will fuck you up if you're not prepared to deal with it, right? Like, yeah, yeah. you know, your identity's like, wrapped up in what you do, and that's taken away at the same time. You're kind of fucked, yeah. you know. Luckily, yeah. I'm having an existential yeah. crisis every day since I've been born. So it wasn't nothing new to me. I was like, why is everybody, this fire's not even that bad. Why don't you guys, I don't know, felt normal to me. Yeah, that was like, you know, my, you know, our world shut down and stuff like that. But I'm like sneaking out, driving in a city where there's like barely anybody out to go and nice, sneak right? through the back door of my, yeah, it was awesome to go yeah. sneak through the back door of my gym to do jujitsu with like, mm -hmm. you know, 20 people. We had the yeah. windows papered because people kept calling the hospital, like the, our health authority on us and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, we just kept, we just kept training, doing jujitsu and it was awesome. <laughs> Yeah. After a while, you have to, like, like, let it I didn't go. have to worry. I didn't have to worry about my shop or anything. I have great landlords, and but uh, yeah, it was you know. But yeah, definitely, other people didn't uh, come out the other side as you know smiley as I did. No, I mean it takes a certain type, and I mean, yeah, I mean I think we're all gathered here today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I I want to know. Uh, I'm gonna get this back onto tattooing. Uh, what the difference is between tattooing in New York and on the West coast or Texas, you, you work in a particular vein, you, you like the traditional stuff. How is that different in those cities? Because it is right. Yeah. I mean, like the, the clientele are and fine. the styles. Yeah. And... yeah, it is. Well, I mean, I've stayed in Texas. I'm not in Texas cause I like it. Let's be very clear. Uh, as a black woman, as a queer woman, as all these things, it's fucking hot and hostile in this bitch. Uh, but the tattooing, <laughs> the tattooing, it's so good here. People really yeah. are well adjusted to it and they understand what it means. Like the language of it is very clear here in Texas. And yeah. like as far as tattooing, they want a traditional tattoo or they want like a strong black and gray tattoo, like photorealism. And like that's kind of it. Uh, but in New York, people are very spoiled. You know, they've seen everything and they think they know everything. And I feel like it depends on what shop you work at in New York. If you work at a shop that's really only pumping that out, then people will only come from it for it. But if you're in a street shop, you're just going to be doing fucking realism and really tiny, poorly done, fine line bullshit, you know, like not like cool Jack Rudy yeah. fine line, like 
the lion yeah, yeah. on the finger thing. Uh, and on the <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, definitely like I struggled LA, all that shit. Like I feel like I can't hit it on the head at all with the traditional stuff over there. Um, San Francisco, that's a little different. Like if you're working over there, they fucking get it. You know, Lyle shops over there, Hardy shops over, they get it over there. So it kind of depends yeah. on the shop, I guess, as well. But Texas, yeah. Texas knows. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Isn't Dave Lum. Yeah, yeah totally. it's like Dave Lum used to be here. The Shaws used to be here. They There's like a really strong traditional backbone here. Yeah, people yeah. fully understand. Yeah, early perfection days and stuff. Yeah, like Texas. Yeah, totally. yeah that's it. Just Texas traditional, you know? It's just, yeah, it's a thing. You know, it's cool. Style, I, I really, really like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I definitely would have liked to have gotten around to some shops and stuff while I was there, but fuck that place. Yo, <laughs> like, it was so hot it. for me, man. Like we we were there for under a week. We ended up leaving two days early. Ah, forty three degrees, man. I cannot take that. Shit. You can't take that a Canadian crazy. into a Texas summer and expect them to survive. Like I know, <laughs> I'm barely holding on here. Like. It's that was the worst summer I've had since I've been here. Like it was steady 105 every day. Yeah, oh, that's so yeah. No reason like to our, go outside. Yeah, and that's like rude. no rain for like no significant rain for like a year. No like mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Stopped. Like our our Airbnb guy was saying that it was yeah 105 around 105 for the 84 days in a row. Jesus, yeah. I was just like, that's not okay. No. <laughs> yeah, this was, was Bucky's was like my big thing in Texas. That was it. And yeah. I stopped on my way to Bucky's on the way to the airport to leave. So <laughs> you have no idea how happy that makes me. Like, I'm so obsessed with Bucky's. It's like a religion. You walk into that store for the first time, you're like, what? Like, it's a gas it was crazy. It's amazing. Yeah, we yeah we were in there for probably over an hour. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> it was awesome. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh my god! Yeah. All right. Um, you've worked with some significant people historically in tattooing and stuff. Um, yeah. Let's touch on like some of the women specifically that you've had an yeah. opportunity to work with, if you don't mind that bringing us back to that kind of your posts that you were doing on your Instagram. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I feel like, I mean, that's a good question. Like, cause I want to think of who maybe had the biggest, I mean, I would always say that Jackie Gresham has the biggest influence on me just as a black woman, having her come in. Cause no matter how hard it feels for me, I was like, it wasn't the seventies. Like that's significantly more (laughs) difficult. And when she talks about all the shit she had to go through and the racism she had to deal with, like not any of that, like passive racism that I deal with, like full on racism, people in her face and her not giving a fuck. And then going on to open that shop and maintain it up until last year, it just closed is So that's the thing, like, um, for, I, I don't know a lot of this history because a lot of tattoo history, if you don't actually, even when you buy books, it's very specific. So a lot of my history is oral history from my mentors and very Canada specific, West coast specific and stuff. So where, where was she tattooing? Where did she She kind of like, where was her shop? It was in new Orleans. Oh shit. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so she went through it all. You know, Katrina, like she's seen the world turn and turn and turn. Uh, but she opened up that shop in the 70s and it's the old, it was the oldest shop in New Orleans. And it was the first black owned professional tattoo shop in America, period. Wow. Uh, so to also have that going on for you. Um, so, you know, we're just talking about the country coming out of segregation less than a decade before that, um, to have that open up and to be, and she was doing it. I mean, she was out there getting tattooed by Ed Hardy and Jack Rudy. Like she was putting in those miles and putting in that work and then opened up that shop and maintained that shop. And it's history up until last year. She just retired and retired because I saw her at a like convention. I saw a picture of her working at a convention. I was like, okay, like, you know, it's like, oh, I'm just going to do like the little tattoos. We never actually retired. But I, as a female in tattooing, no. she's always the first person that comes to mind. And then next, Kate Helen Brandt comes to mind. Uh, I think people yeah. are most, they understand her the most when they think of her relationship to uh, Norman Collins, Sailor Jerry. Um, yeah. And because she was the first woman to kind of be in that club of those guys, all those real cool pictures that you see. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen them, but it's like this room where you can see that, uh, like that Huck Spaulding back piece that he has and Tom DeVito's back yeah. piece. And she was the one in the room taking those pictures that day. Like she was the first female to kind of infiltrate that boys club. Uh, and not yeah. take no for an answer. That's one fucking thing I can say about Kate. She was never going to take no for an answer and began her tattoo career traveling around with these guys, traveling around with Malone, going over to Hawaii, uh, learning the craft of tattooing, uh, not allowing them to gatekeep it from her. And I mean, but she put in her miles though, like she earned everything that she had. Um, and then yeah. maintaining that career up until the day she died. She died two years ago now oh no a year and a half yeah. almost two years ago um she had just a massive influence on me especially once i moved to texas because at that time she also had moved to texas so when i first started visiting texas i would visit her shop and just hang out with her and shoot the shit you know what i mean like oh i'm gonna buy you lunch and buy you coffee and like just hang out um but then once i moved here like i really started hanging out with her and uh she was able to at one point we were gonna write a book together she wanted me to help her write her memoirs so she was letting me into her library which was like wow it was like a vault i don't know it was like a vault and i mean it had everything all these like just just tons of flash like hand-drawn stencils from sailor jerry uh pictures i'd never seen before love letters like every tattooer was into her like it was fucking (laughs) (laughs) and i guess i also have to mention kate because if it wasn't for kate i wouldn't have met lyle tuttle because i met lyle tuttle at one of her parties and you know he immediate i mean he just took me under his wing and his mentorship was just huge massive um so those two ladies come to mind immediately. Um, I also, when I worked at Classic, like I said, um, shared space with Andrea Elston. She worked there. Uh, Andrea Elston is a historically significant female tattooer. From, she also came from New York City. She's from New York. Mm-hmm, yeah. Eastside Inc. Yeah. 
Uh, so that was yeah. cool having that there in the shop because I was like, oh god, like <laughs> you, you get it, but yeah. not all Texas. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she did Texas the, the she. <laughs> She did almost the, the she did the bodysuit for Rick to Life from Twenty Five to Life. Yeah, I don't know if and you know that did, hardcore I, band or not, but dude, she is so rad, and she has that edge to her. Like she's a part of like the music community, the biker community. Like ha- she's just so cool. It's <laughs> like one day I want to be as yeah, cool. and can tattoo fast. I've never seen anybody tattoo that fast and so well and proficient in my life and it has a lot to do with the fact that i mean for all of us like it's training your hands so she also does like sculpting and etching and painting like she's all around well-rounded artist which has made her i mean she just she retired too she's maybe five years ago she retired but it's okay Cool. That's yeah. funny because every once in a while she would like pop into mind or I would see like an old photo of something. I'd be like, oh, what the fuck ever happened to her? She's and, yeah, out just, again, I'm out. not. Yeah. Oh, she married a yeah, famous uh, yeah. country singer um, and he recently passed away. Like that was really the last thing I heard oh. was that like her husband had passed away. Um, I, I want to say his name is Hal Ketchum. That's I'm not super well versed on country singers, but I feel like that was such a <laughs> Me neither. Yeah, she moved to she moved to like a town that she described as like a you know one light town, like there's only one street light in the town, and was living with her countryman. Yeah. So she, that's the life. Like, don't I wish that we all could have that? Like, just to edge out. Yeah, yeah. It's probably not going to happen yeah. for me. Oh. I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, I remember when when Eastside Inc. when that came about, like they just took over, like in, like they were in every international tattoo. Um, they were pushing it was her it. and Sean Vasquez. Yeah, they were pushing it, you know. So it was like you had like Fun City, um, Eastside Inc. at the time, and then like Fly Right out in in Brooklyn. You got Those it. Were, like the three, like <laughs> you know, yeah. kind of like the the new school old yeah. school kind of like transitional shops for New York yeah. and stuff. And Those yeah, were like I the dream like, shops. Like yeah. I was like, I'm going to work at fun. Yeah. City one day. Like, yeah. They were. They were <laughs> all yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. All right. So who, uh, have you worked with Vivian many times? Have you traveled out to Seattle much or. I have guessed it there three times. And okay. she wants me to come out again next year, but I don't know. Tattooing's a little funky right now, so I don't know. Her shop is definitely not a street shop. It's a, a private studio for sure. I mean, it's a street shop, but it's like yeah. the walk-in traffic isn't very heavy there. So I don't know if it's a good time yeah. to go out there to work. Uh, but she's she's wild. Uh, she was a wild woman. I mean, she was like the first female tattooer to be heavily tattooed. Um, and she was broken in by Danny Dietzel. So she was with some real rough motherfuckers. And she was like, I mean, you could pull up pictures of her and she's just butt ass naked with her titties hanging out and just bent over with the full sleeves. Like she was hardcore as fuck. And, uh, you know, now she's just like a wispy cat lady. Like she just does her pretty <laughs> yeah. early tattoos and goes home and wants to be left alone. Like she's really really rad but i mean she's seen it all and yeah i would love to bug her to have her come on she would love to 
she would do it. Uh, absolutely. I'll pass on the information if you yeah. want me to. Like, she would love to do that. Absolutely. I'll reach out to her. Just that, you, uh, you know, coming up in Vancouver. Okay. Yeah. Like, coming up in Vancouver, you know, it was just that cross-border, seeing her stuff, always know yeah. who she was and stuff like that. And just, so you know, cool. and just her tattooing was just like, it was just different. Right. Like you said, her painterly stuff. She was doing that mm -hmm. so long ago. And it was just like hers. Yeah. You could never mistake her tattoo for anybody else. Yeah, no. totally. Yeah. She like she walked into uh craftsman when I was working there one day. She was in town, I can't remember with who, and it was the fucking freakiest thing. I was like, What the fuck? Like no one yeah. knew who she was. <laughs> I was just like, guys, like you gotta meet this woman, she's incredible. Yeah. Like, it's like this is and she and she's incredible. Like She's yeah. her own personality. It was amazing. Yes. Yeah. Cool. She's super cool. Awesome. I, I'm getting uh, text messages from Rob Job, who's one of our benefactors for this podcast. <laughs> He's like, he goes, here we go then. The first ever text question for whoever you're interviewing. He has no idea. I just showed him oh, okay. this. <laughs> we're interviewing. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, in these days of oversaturation and tattooing, what deems a professional? And this is a conversation that a Canadian artist had posted on their um, profile earlier this week about we don't have any accreditation or schools uh, or associations in tattooing, at least not in Canada. Uh, what deems you a professional? Is it that you work in a shop? Is it that you can buy stuff? Like, what is it? I have this conversation a lot. Uh, I, <laughs> Bring it. <laughs> so to me, there's a couple of factors. One is time. And so I would say that if this person is like a self-taught artist, then maybe if you're a self-taught artist for five years, you could call yourself a professional. Uh, so long as the next factor lines up, which is, how are you tattooing? Are you doing it in like a OSHA certified way? Or are you tattooing people in the fucking bathroom at McDonald's? Like some people do that for 20 years and they're not professional. So all these things need to line up. And then the third thing seems to be the umbrella under which you sit. Because even if you are at an accredited shop and you're working under a mentor and you're being apprenticed, right? But you've only been tattooing a year, I still wouldn't call that person a professional tattooer yet. I feel like yeah. you still need to get, there's, I don't know what clicks and in the industry. We always say five years, five years is when you like stop making big mistakes. 10 years is when you should stop shitting the bed. Like, so it, it varies now because there's so many different, I, I'm not quite sure where it's going with tattoo shops. It seems to be, I'm working in a private studio right now. Like, I don't really know, but I would say it's got to be the right combination of time in the way in which you're practicing your craft and like who you have to give you your verification for what you're doing. It's tough. Yeah, That's it why it's so tough. easy for the grifters yeah. to get in. That's why they're in because we've worked so long yeah. to make this mysterious and undefinable. This is all our fault. We did this. And now we're looking <laughs> yeah, for structure and it's like, oh, some old timey yeah. fucking folktale. We're telling them for structure. It's like, what? So, yeah. <laughs> <It's rough. laughs> yeah. And, you know, for, for, you know, to, for a person to 
think of themselves as a professional. They just need validation. And they usually yeah. just get that yeah. validation from strangers online. They post totally. pictures yeah. of shit and you see like a hundred comments like, oh my God, that's amazing. And it's like, what part are you looking at? Yeah. But everybody sees something a little differently, you know, and, you know, I, I've always said, this is what I've always said, that, that art is subjective. Tattooing is not. Correct. It's either good or it's not. Yeah. yeah. It's either got good line work or it doesn't. It either has solid fucking coloring or it doesn't. There's no fucking in between. And I think there's too much of that artist subjective trying to cross over into tattooing now. It's like being shitty isn't a style. <laughs> they sure are. But apparently it, it is. Style, like, it's, well, it's hard to make that claim. Like shitty tattooing is a style people made it a yes. style like and i don't get it because yeah, i'm totally. like but when we write the history books yeah. we're gonna talk about this 15 year gap where scribbles or ignorant style is what they're calling it took over yeah yeah you know i think uh, art schools might have something to do with this too like if you go to art school they they teach you that you know what your self-expression is trumps everything else and it doesn't matter what your technical ability is whereas back yes. in the past you had to be a masterful artist in order to be a professional or to be accepted and I, yeah i see that i talk to young tattooers like well that's just my style and it's like but that's <laughs> fucking on somebody's body <laughs> you know it's not <laughs> that, that doesn't wash anymore you know like go do that on a no. canvas or something but yeah yeah Man. it's a tough spot that we're yeah. in in that's tattooing in terms of that it, it really is because and it's a generational thing too this there's a generation that exists now that doesn't believe that they can be wrong about anything like they're extraordinarily yeah, <laughs> so it's like you want to help them and you want to kind of say like all right well this is your style that's fine but there's like a right way and a wrong way to do it because what you're doing is not new. Like this has existed before. So I can show you some examples of how you can make your like fucking amoeba looking flash sheet maybe look like something interesting because I mean, Tom DeVita existed and lived and had a great career. Did he not? Like there That's are really examples good. of this where you can push it forward. But right now these motherfuckers don't want to be told what to do. So I'm like, you just got to like stay in your lane and keep your eyes forward and not look left or right. <laughs> like just don't pay attention to what yeah. anyone else is doing and just keep pushing it forward. Cause you can't stop them. You can't stop anybody from doing it. No. Yeah. You know? no, no, that's true. Absolutely not. No. no. As so, you know, you started, it's funny listening to you talk because like you started in 2009 ish, but you, yeah. Seriously, it sounds like you started in the early '90s, you know, kind of the root, <laughs> the people that you worked with and stuff. Totally, be, you know, like on, you know, and and yeah, like being a, you know, even now being a queer black woman in tattooing is not easy. Um, no. So what, like, what made you decide that you wanted to take what would be for more most people the harder route, kind of into tattooing, like you. What made you decide that you were going to bust down doors rather than go through the many doors that are now more open to, you know, uh, inclusivity, I'll just say, as a general term? It's almost like you confronted the industry and were like, you have to accept me on my terms rather than some people would deviate another way and just hide away and do it on their own. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's a good question. I understood even before I started tattooing, I was getting tattoos. I was heavily tattooed. Um, I understood that it didn't belong to anybody. You know, I was like, this can belong to anyone. It just appears that you need to go through this very specific set of, of hurdles to get to where you want to go. Cause again, I was just lucky enough to see tattooers who were broken in traditionally. I saw what they were doing. So I just understood that that was what I was supposed to do, even though I didn't see anybody that looked like me doing it. I just knew that I was supposed to do it. So call it arrogance or call it just like being like useful and not understanding. I was just like, I have to go to these places and do these things. And it worked like being that type of person and being very honest and transparent with people saying like, Hey, I've only been tattooing a couple of years, but this is really important to me. Like I am looking at this Cap Coleman tattoo. I want a tattoo like that. Show me how to do that. I don't understand. And something's not right with my work and I know something's not right with it and it's not clicking. And so you take one step forward and work there and then they'd send you on to the next place and the next place and the next place until it starts clicking. And really, you know, I, like I've had, I had a podcast that I did with Rich Fai and the whole point of the podcast was trying to define what traditional tattooing is. Is it, is it the style? Is it a mindset? Is it a color palette? Like what is it? And really what we came to terms was it's a way of being. It's a way of being in here and a folk artness to it that translates onto the skin in your approach. Like you can, cause you know how you can tell the difference? Like, you know, how you can tell the difference between someone who is copying a traditional tattoo and just doing it real pretty and someone who like really is a traditional tattooer and is doing, yeah. I don't know how to yeah. explain what that really subtle nuance is, but I can see it yeah. and a lot of other people can see it. So I just knew that I wanted to do that and be that and have that. Like I felt that sense of community and tattooing and I knew, I mean, it's addictive, right? Like we've all done it. You've all been a young person and walked in a tattoo shop and been fucking overcome with that. I was like, I, I want to be on the other side of it. And like, Luckily, it worked out, and I didn't go to jail or anything. And like, it was great. It <laughs> I'm very happy with it. Uh, you, this is I think, the third time you've mentioned the possibility of going to jail. <laughs> yeah. In all our interviews, you think you're the only one who's mentioned it. <laughs> uh, they're either lying or not trying hard enough. I don't know which one it is. Yeah. So, so, so uh, you mentioned it before. When did you open your private studio? Uh, it'll be two years in February on Valentine's Day. Oh, oh cool. cool. How nice. cute, That's right? That's a auspicious day. That's a <laughs> yeah. perfect day. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's called and, are, Is it just you? So I wanted there to be the, yeah. you know, like the correlation. Oh, nice. Yeah. See, that's tattooer thinking. The self-marketing, all that stuff comes very natural to a lot of us kind of carny style personalities. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't get that. Yeah, 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 it's. So, I tell that to uh, young tattooers all the time. I'm like, it's a vaudeville act, and if you don't understand that, you're probably going to struggle totally. a little bit. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah is, a, are you are you working by yourself? 
Yes, I love it. It's it's actually like I've noticed it's good for me. It's good for me in a way I never thought because I never wanted this. I need to be like super clear. I never wanted this. I always wanted to work in a shop forever. I thought I would just live and die in a shop. Uh, And I guess that's why I continue to guest so heavily is because I don't ever want to lose that part of me. I don't ever want to isolate and like just be this like sucking in my own farts and saying that they smell good. Like I need to go out there and still be a part of the show. But uh, I've noticed a huge shift in my work. Like I've noticed that I'm able to really like go balls out on the more large scale compositions that I take on because there's no one around. So I don't get caught up in the the jokes and the conversations and going across the street to hang out for like five minutes at the bar and blah, blah, blah. Like when I'm here, I'm here, <laughs> you know, like it's true. But, and it's yeah. like, you know, when I'm working in a street shop and I'm, you know, hustling and doing walk-ins, like that is my heart for sure. But when I'm yeah. here, people are getting like my soul and it, it shows. I feel yeah. like it really, so I'm happy to have this space. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I get that. I, you know, cause yeah, I thrive in street shops, just bang them out, bang them out. Like I love yeah. that, you know, and, and yeah, working on larger scale stuff in my shop, if there's a lot of people around and talking, I'm easily distracted, Very. you know, cause I'm, I'm used to just, you know, like the fast action of the day. Like if you can't like, tattoo and talk like this like doing flash you're not surviving right so no (laughs) but you can't when i'm working on larger when i'm working on larger stuff and if i do that i'm like ah fuck Mm -hmm. you're right i just can't i so i i 100 understand where you're coming from i don't think i could work by myself though i drive i would drive myself crazy Uh, i drive people around me crazy so (laughs) i tried it and i quit tattooing I tried it again and I ended up with seven people in the shop. Like, it's just like, no, I need, <laughs> yeah, I need, I need to be social, but that's, oh, yeah, fuck. Yeah, but uh, well, that's awesome. Um, where can people find you? Oh, um, you can't. Uh, <laughs> Lonely Hearts Club is like very purposefully <laughs> off the grid. Um, but you can Perfect. find me on Instagram at Before the Wrath Comes. Uh, you can also find the shop at Lonely Hearts Club TX on Instagram. You can Google Lonely Hearts Club TX. Uh, and that's how you'll have access. That's how you can email me. That's how we vet people and see if you're a good fit to even get tattooed at the shop. Um, and if not, you can always catch me on the road. Um, right now I'm doing regular guest spots at Spiral Tattoo, uh, in Michigan, which was Leo Zulueta's shop now owned by, uh, Jared. He just recently got the shop because Leo retired (laughs) again, people retiring. Amazing. Awesome. Um, and I also do regular guest spots in Chicago at Taylor Street Tattoo, uh, which is owned by Keith Underwood, uh, that used to be Rolo's old shop. Yeah, uh, you catch me out there two, yeah. three times a year for sure. Nice, very nice. cool, awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Yeah, yeah that was like way. You guys are throwing softballs. That was super easy. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, like when you when you uh, when you start writing your your books and stuff, I want to definitely have you back on so we can dive yes. even deeper into some oh, of this history to. for sure. Like, yeah, that would I be would so absolutely. awesome. And if you're, 
you know, that and if you're awesome. ever on the road going through Canada, make sure you let us know. And uh, I will yeah, hook like, you up. Yeah, trust park. me, I, I show up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> nice. Oh, and awesome. if you see Keith Sharky. again, tell him I said hello. Oh, I'll be seeing that <laughs> fat piece of shit soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's how Sean says I love you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last time I saw Len was uh, last year we did a convention uh, together. And, uh, yeah, he decided he wanted to try and do jujitsu at 2 in the morning, drunk in the casino bar. That he ended up right. with rug burn all on his face. It was awesome. It was a great time. I love that guy. I love that. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. You Thanks, guys. good guy supply. Yeah, Cheers. for supporting us. And, of course. No worries. Thank you. Thank you. Where's my mouse? <laughs> I have no idea. Oh, oh there it is. Oh, buddy. That was She's great. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Right top five. I would love this. I would love this. Oh, shit. I'm going to message. I'm going to hit record here. Um, We've only ever, we've missed this one time before. And so many people were like, what the fuck? So we always normally ask, we always normally ask uh, top five tattooers, put people on the spot. But what we want to know is, is we want to know what are the top five tattooers you would want to be tattooed by? Oh, Stony St. Clair. (laughs) Wait, do they have to be alive? They should be, but I okay. guess no, actually. No, actually, no, it should be <laughs> like the top five you would love Stony to be St. tattooed Claire. by. Yeah, yeah. Um, I would bring him back from the grave and get tattooed by him, but living, um, Anderson Luna, he tattoos in New York and Manhattan. I think his tattooing is like utterly prolific. He does a lot of large scale black work ornamental but it comes from a real traditional space because he used to work yep. at like tough city and shit so i i think his work is incredible um five huh i know uh, it's hard right <laughs> it's very hard oh i'm saying yeah. oh uh valerie vargas uh oh, yeah yeah. <laughs> if I could yeah. get tattooed by her, just get blessed. I mean, just as far as female tattooers, I've just never seen anybody pull off the stuff that she does. Like her late, the composition, the colors, like I don't even get color tattoos anymore. And I the, would let her the do the composition that. that she can do in a hand size tattoo. Is, it's, uh, it's insane. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny because she's one of the, she's definitely one of the most copied uh, oh yeah, lady faces on the planet, but you can always tell that it's not her. Always. Yeah, every like, time. Other people do great, great copies, you know, or or you know, taken her style and made it their own or whatever stuff. But you know when it's Valerie. When you're scrolling, yeah. it's like that. Yeah, 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 without a doubt. Like, yeah, she's incredible. Um, who else is like rocking it so hard right now? Oh, I mean, I guess Andre Malcolm. I mean, I feel like I couldn't get tattooed by him simply because he just does fucking back pieces, you know, <laughs> gigantic fucking back pieces. But like, if I could put a back piece over my back piece, which is beautiful, it was done by Jason June. 
uh, I would put, I'd slap a Andre Malcolm back. He's right on top of that motherfucker without even, I mean, he, he, I don't know if you're familiar with his work. Um, I'm very familiar. I've actually reached yeah. out to him. He left me on oh, yeah? read. It's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but his work, <laughs> same. I started following him year, like a long time ago, had no idea who he was at all, you know, and just the fucking scale of the work he was doing and not fucking up the composition. Never fucks up the composition. He draws it's every day, every night, and he does it live too. So you can watch him on Instagram or on YouTube. Yep. Uh, I actually yep. got to interview him too. So I, I can send Sweet. him a message if you want and just be like, yeah, these guys are cool. Like give them like a couple of <laughs> uh, Actually, funny story. When I was interviewing him, there was a fucking yep. earthquake. So we have it on film. Like during the interview, it's like. <laughs> where can I, hey, where can I find your guys's podcast? Oh, so it's crazy. You have to go on Instagram. And because at the time I had less than 10,000 followers, they wouldn't let me post it on my page. So they're all on Rich Fi's page. So if you go to Rich okay. Fi's Instagram, which is just literally Rich Fi, R-I-C-H-F-I-E, um, and you go to the Reels section and you scroll yep. down, you'll see them. Like uh, It's called Welcome to the Backrooms. And you'll see it's like all okay. split screen. So you'll see like three of us in there. Um, awesome. I need to yeah. check those out. Absolutely. Please do. Yeah, they're fun. I, no, I absolutely will. I'll even repost them. I don't have any followers, but I'll repost them too. Like shit like that would, needs to be seen and heard and, and watched and passed around. I really appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's important yeah. to have that stuff logged in for the next generation. Um, absolutely. So that's three. Okay. That's three. Um, two more people that I would love to be tattooed. Or no, yeah, that I would be tattooed by. Um. I gotta be honest with you. Uh, <laughs> I <laughs> to be very real here. Uh, I feel like I have been lucky enough to be tattooed by all the people I've wanted to be tattooed by. So I don't have many more people on the wish list, which is why I always talk about like dead people because they're yeah. that's like a real wish list. Because the only other person that comes to mind is Thomas Hooper, and I got tattooed by him twice, and like I can't really think of anybody else I would let touch me bring the, as, bring the dead people in yeah i mean i would love to get tattooed by cap coleman if i could go back and i would love to have gotten tattooed by millie hull millie hull was Who's like so millie hull was like the first like hard female tattooer in new york city out on the bowery um and she like used to work in the circus and she realized that People like ladies in the circus who were heavily tattooed made more money than the ones that weren't. So she like immediately started getting heavily tattooed by Charlie Wagner. And I mean, just like, like her whole body, but wow. from that, learned how to tattoo and began tattooing out on the Bowery. And her work is, it was so amazing. Just like the most beautiful, solid, you know, turn of the century traditional tattoos. They're so rad. And, like, her story's real hardcore. She was, like, a super depressed lady. And um, she, I don't, I mean, unalived herself, I guess, is the correct term for it. Uh, but she did it by poisoning her drink and went to the bar and drank it. And I always thought that that was, like, so hard. Like, That's so. Hardcore. Yeah. I, 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 met a, I met a unhappy, I met an unhappy young woman when I was a teenager when I lived on the streets. And I thought she had been attacked because of her throat scar and no she tried uh, to unalive herself by missed. slitting her own throat Th and she survived so and i was like that's fucking hard now you need to look at that 
every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah, that I'm very fascinated. <laughs> I have like fuck. morbid fascinations for sure. So like I'm fascinated by wow. stuff like that. But there's so many amazing. But like to take your drink to a bar. Yeah, there yep. is. Yeah. In public. Yeah. Uh, is there so is there a book on, on Millie or like how so there isn't there's no at least if there is i've never seen it like a lot of the so you got to get on this shit yeah you gotta i know (laughs) you know you could find like little google things here and there about her but other than that yeah like there's not a lot of deep dive on her and many women which is kind of why i'm like spazzing right now is like i really need to i was just gonna say like it's the unfortunate the unfortunate boy thing about the boys club that you know 30 years ago not a lot of people care a lot a lot of people even cared about other guy tattooers to buy a book about them uh um, yeah but unfortunately now uh the the case is is that a lot of the the a lot of the guys are still around a lot of the early women are not and there's not a lot mm-hmm. there's really only minimal oral record and stuff so uh, people really need to get on this like i i same i want to reach out to, to vivian i want to reach out to like deb from uh, alaska you know yarn yeah Deb's I amazing. Her, yarn i i bought her book how to be a tattoo artist that yeah. little manual that she put out was so, it's so great fucking funny, funny. It's very it's so, yeah so good <laughs> you know but there's so many there's so many people that you know uh that should have record um we interviewed her and, too and, and you need to, oh see i need to check this shit out i need to i need to listen to that stuff, <laughs> Got man. that's awesome i need now that's great and I, I i really do i hope you work on some print like i hope you like you know curate some kind of book or something like that that would be very cool because you sound so interested but not just interested but you've actually been like in there you know what i mean like you've spent time with a lot like yeah. i know stories of old tattooers but i didn't get to work with a lot of them you know and yeah. i was fortunate to have a mentor that was able to give me a lot of oral history about canada and and even outside of canada and stuff but i didn't get to work with those people man you got to like travel around and actually like not just meet these people but you got to work beside these people yeah. you know and and i really really hope that you get the time and opportunity to start putting this down on paper yeah i mean when i say i'm working on it i mean like i really am working on it uh i mean like i was the do you guys know what the national tattoo uh, association is like up in canada yep of course right yeah oh yeah oh (laughs) Uh, yeah yeah yeah. yeah we don't have it up here but we know that it's the cool thing yeah and so like i Became a member of the NTA uh, just before. Now it's defunct. They're done. But Lyle Tuttle was my sponsor into the NTA. So once I got in and went to that convention, it was like, I feel like I was one of the last young tattooers to have that experience and get those stories from those people. Like there's a whole little separate book I want to write or something just about like that last NTA convention and seeing these tattooers like literally tattoo at that convention for the last time it was like the, yeah. you're it's interesting hearing someone else say it but it's true like my eyes have seen some some rarities in tattooing and i do feel like i have to yeah. get the type in but i always feel like i'm going to turn out like the shining you know what i mean like it's i'm going to start writing <laughs> a book and it's going to turn out real bad <laughs> 
Oh man, yeah, but you know, you're you got to think you're not writing a, a a fictional story where somebody can or can't like it. You're you're kind of just covering like history and stuff. And sure, there'll be people that can disagree with it and stuff, but you know, they sure. can go fuck themselves. So they certainly right. can. <laughs> no, but I also think for stuff like that, um, there I think there is a more yeah. There's uh, there's always been divisions in tattooing of course but i think there's a much larger body of young tattooers that want that traditional uh sense and they want to know more about tradition they want to know yeah. those stories but they don't have they don't have any access to it because they're not being mentored by you know the old guy in their city they were mentored by their buddy that's the same age as them that was mentored by mm -hmm. his buddy that was the same age as him and stuff you know so amazon yeah, tattooer the new tattooer now yeah, so yeah, look forward to it. I really look forward to seeing your work just continuously grow. Honestly, your work Thank is you. just fucking bold and badass. It's just I just see every time I know that's the same now with your stuff, but I'm scrolling just my I yes. oh, it's always like, oh, come back. And it's just like your big ornamental stuff that you've been doing lately. And I just like oh I know it's you right away. That is like, so awesome. Thank you so much Very for cool. saying that, you know, like you never really know, like I'm always one, every time you do a tattoo, you're like, is that okay? <laughs> like, is that okay? Should yeah. I push forward? Should I go? I mean, and you're always pushing forward. So it's always really validating to hear, especially from someone who's been tattooing longer yeah. than you. Like, oh, I, I fucking see what you're doing. Like, that's okay. Do that. That's, thank you very much. Yeah. 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 We all suffer from the imposter syndrome. We all you know, have our self doubts and stuff in this business oh, wow. for sure. So, but Sharky, again, thank you so much for joining us, man. This was, yep. this was so awesome to get to know you just a little bit. Um, I definitely get to look up your podcast and everybody that heard about that should also go and look it up and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Yes. Oh, also I wanted to add when I was talking about spiral yes. tattoo, I'm not sure if I said that the owner was Jared Leathers or Jeremy Leathers, because I always say it wrong. It's Jared. If I said Jeremy, it's Jared, just so everyone knows. I always fuck that up, because I don't know why J Jeremy Miller's always on my mind. I always fucking say the wrong thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good but catch. But yes, thank you for having me. Yeah, I was like, in case you can edit it and post whatever you're going to do. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. We don't, yeah, we don't do too much editing. We leave it pretty raw. So, oh, awesome. let it be raw. Cool. Let it be Enjoy raw the rest of your day. <laughs> you too, all right? Bye. All right. Take care. It was great getting to know Curly and this amazing guy that tattooed with one arm. You know, the customer had to stretch his own skin. So I did get blood poisoning from him twice. Yeah, twice. <laughs>
just not the same. Uh, yeah, you had to be a tough guy. I was scared shitless. Even though I was, a, you know, kind of a biker guy, these were bigger biker guys, you know? I'm not totally sure you could paint the picture accurately to somebody now getting into tattooing about what it was like then. And the only reason I, f I would say or I feel that way, though, is because they might not believe you. We had the limo waiting for him with all the lines of blow lined up at the airport. This is the way we do it in Canada. <laughs> in the like, 80s, 90s, Paul, Paul Jeffries was like the king of tattooing. It wasn't just in Canada. Like, am I supposed to stop tattooing? Because if this is what I'm supposed to aspire to, that's <laughs> not gonna happen. Each one of these old masters influenced groups of tattooers who in turn influenced other groups of tattooers. True North Strong Tattoo Book. This is a massive tattoo encyclopedia of Canadian tattooers. 350 pages. It's an 11 by 17 coffee table format. Sean and Dan worked tirelessly to get this thing out. And sadly, it never made it to print, so it's available for free download at theholdfastsocialclub.com and championtattoo.ca.